Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my honor, it's my privilege to welcome you to the inaugural episode of the Ramblin' Brews podcast. I am your host, I go by the name of Rel, and on this podcast, I'll be joined by some of my best buddies in the world, and we'll crush a couple pints and have some laughs, we'll make jokes and shoot the breeze on anything from current sports to sports history, movies, some pro wrestling, gaming, pop culture, some gambling, etc., However, for this first episode, I'm rolling dolo. People have always told me my entire life that I talk way too much, or I'll never shut the hell up, or I always have to get the last word in, so I figured, hell, (laughs) what's better than starting a podcast? With that being said, let me go ahead and crack a cold Coors Light. And let me start by saying one thing. As you'll come to find out as you guys listen, I am an avid cold Coors Light uh, fan. You know, that's my favorite beer in the world. And some people might be laughing right now. Some people might be rolling their eyes. And that's exactly who I want to talk to. I don't want to sound disrespectful or or come off as a shot to any of the beer snobs out there or any people out there that potentially brew their own beer. Um, But I, I, I just don't understand. I don't get why there's a societal war against domestic beer. Um, You know, every time you go out to a bar, every time you go to a restaurant or you go out with some friends or whatever the case is, you can go to house party, um, you know, pre COVID and hopefully here soon we can do some things like that. But at any rate, anytime you go out and you order, you know, you might be standing at the bar and you say, Hey, I'll have a, a Coors Light draft. You're inevitably going to get somebody that looks at you like, you know, like you've got three heads because you didn't order, you know, a grapefruit shandy with brown sugar on the rim that was brewed in the Swiss Alps and, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. I, I just, I don't understand it. I would love somebody to explain to me why beers that have been around for hundreds of years and, and Coors Light, especially for me, you know, being in one of the top five, I think every year, basically, it's a top five uh, seller in the United States. Um, and it's just crazy. I mean, I, I don't understand it. So I'm going to go ahead and take a sip. I did crack the beer, but I'm actually going to take the sip. Because <sighs> it's crazy. Like, so my wife, one of her favorite beers is uh, Rivertown. Shout out Pittsburgh. Rivertown's Pineapple uh, Halakihiki, I believe is what it's called. It's actually pretty good. It's a delicious beer. I'll give them that. But I thought it was ironic was, you know, during this whole pandemic when we t- make runs to the beer store, and shout out to drive through beer distributors. Holy shit. Those are life-changing. I, I know they've probably been around for a long time, but uh, um, I've recently discovered them, you know, over the last year or two, and they're awesome. Like, it, there's nothing better than that. So... I don't even care if it costs a little bit more. I think the convenience factor of it is is just awesome. Especially for me, since I'm just mainly going in there and getting quarters light. I'm not browsing. But so we would go to these places, and, and my wife, she would say, hey, ask them if they have Halakihiki, Rivertown. So, you know, I would. And, and a lot of times throughout this pandemic, we saw, like, they didn't have it. Or they didn't. They told us, you know, we're out of certain other, uh, you know, craft beers or beers like that, certain IPAs and and uh, I know there's probably some you know beer snobs out there just rolling their eyes at me that I don't know every different type of beer and what the beers stand for and what they're brewed with and all that. That's fine. I'm, again, I'm not hating on anybody. I just don't understand it. So, but the one the one constant there was was that Coors Light, Bud Light, Miller Light, even though Miller Light's trash. I'm sorry, but those beers were always there. So it was just crazy how like you know people. I feel like people have just really turned their back on it and they look down on it. But you know. We'll see. We'll see what happens because I think years down the road, it's very possible that, you know, maybe this 
I don't want to say it's a fad because it's lasted a long time. There are some really good beers out there, but I just want people to I want people to show some respect for for the domestic beers that have been carrying the beer, uh, you know, carrying beer in the United States for a long time, and the front runners. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. I know that's a crazy way to start a podcast, but hey, what the hell? Let me take another sip. It is the Rambling Brews podcast, after all. And as you guys will come to find out, as you continue to listen, and hopefully you will continue to listen, I'm an avid National Hockey League fan. Any hockey, I mean, I watch any hockey. uh, But from an NHL perspective, I'm a Pittsburgh Penguin fan. I have been my entire life. Uh, I grew up in this area uh, in Pittsburgh. So it's just been, we've been very blessed over the last, you know, 30 years um, of my life, we've been blessed. I mean, we've arguably had the best player in the National Hockey League. And I hate saying we because I don't play for the team, but you know what I mean. The We've had the best player in the NHL for the better part of 30 years. If you look at Mario Lemieux, then you look at Yarmir Yager uh, shortly after that. I mean, you even had Alexei Kovalev at the time. I, I wouldn't say he's the best player in the league, but he was up there, you know, top 10, top 15 player. I mean, he was unbelievable. I think people forget how just disgusting he was. But then you had the Crosby era. You got Crosby Malkin. I mean, they've been dominant. They're still, I think, I still think Sidney Crosby is the best player in the in the NHL. Um, you know, right up there now, at least with McDavid and Nathan McKinnon in my eyes. I'd actually put McKinnon a little bit above McDavid. Might get some flack for that, but that's where I would rank them. But the best part about 2021 kicking off here, and I'm recording this on January 3rd, is this is the first day of NHL training camp, and finally for me some sense of normalcy in terms of sports. I mean, I've been watching football. The Steelers have been great this year. Um, you know, hopefully they can keep it rolling here. I'm actually watching. They're, they're down 10-6 against the Browns right now. It'd be hilarious if they knock the Browns out of the playoffs with all their uh, B team in. But training camp starts today for the NHL. And it actually started a few days ago for the teams that did not make the bubble uh, as part of the last year's playoff, right? So if you didn't make the bubble, you got a few extra days because, you know, face it, those teams haven't played a game in like, you know, 10 months, um, let alone really what we're practicing together and stuff. So it's going to take some time. I think it's going to be a pretty uh, interesting start to the season because you're going to have teams, like I said, they haven't played together. You know, they only get a couple weeks training camp. So figure the training camp starts today um, for 24 of the teams in the league. And the first game is on the 13th. So you really only get 10 days to kind of figure things out and get acquainted with any new teammates. I mean, there's some guys, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, for instance, for the Penguins. He's the big acquisition in the offseason they got from Toronto. They actually drafted Kapanen, I believe, back in 2012, I want to say. But he was, and sue me if I'm wrong on that year, but he was uh, probably the biggest piece that went to Toronto in the Phil Kessel deal, which ultimately uh, led Pittsburgh to to win two Stanley Cups back-to-back in 16 and 17 for the first time since the Red Wings did it in the 98 uh, sorry, 97 and 98. So awesome trade. Now it comes full circle. And, you know, Phil Kessel moved on, and the Penguins get Kasperi Kapanen back, a young stud player, super fast player. Uh, I think he's going to fit in nicely with Crosby, but he's actually not able to make training camp at this point due to immigration issue. Um, I don't know if it's a visa issue. And then when he gets here, I think he has to quarantine for a certain amount of time per the agreement that the NHL had uh, with the NHL Players Association in order to start this season. So it'll be interesting because you would like your guys to come in and they'd get you know ample amount of time to work together, but he might miss most or all of training camp. Um, and there aren't any exhibition games this year, so it's going to be interesting to see how some of these teams figure it out. Um, 
But like I said, January 13th is the first game the Penguins open up against the Philadelphia Flyers. And, and what's crazy about this season is the way the divisions are. So they're with COVID, they're trying to really limit travel, right? So they want teams to like, it's going to be more like a baseball schedule, essentially. Not exactly, but so say, you know, the Penguins are going to start playing Philadelphia. Um, I'm not sure exactly what date or what day of the week the 13th is, but say they're going to start on the 13th and then they'll play at Philadelphia. Then I believe on like the 15th or 16th, whatever it is, they'll play at Philadelphia again. That's how it's going to be to limit travel. You're going to travel and play a team two times or three times. I think there's one instance in the season where uh, Anaheim and Los Angeles play five straight games. So it's crazy because there's four divisions. you got the North Division, which is all Canadian teams. Um, so all seven Canadian teams. Then you have, I believe it's just the East the Central and the Pacific or the West division. Um, but you're only playing the teams in your division. So all the other teams have eight teams, right? So if you're going to play 56 games in a season, that's what they agreed to is they're getting a late start here. The Penguins, for instance, for example, and not to keep harping on them, but they're going to they're gonna play the Capitals, you know, arguably their biggest rival, and the Flyers, their, their biggest rival. You know, they're going to play them eight times. So it's just crazy. Like these teams are going to friggin' hate each other, man. It's going to be awesome to watch, you know, especially look at LA and Anaheim. Like I mentioned, they already don't like each other. They're big rivals, you know, close proximity. You go play somebody five times in a row. Imagine if there's like a massive hit or just a cheap shot, dirty play. And you know, there's going to be fighting all over the place. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be entertaining to watch. I think it's going to be very similar to how hockey was in the eighties. Maybe not as, high scoring and as crazy with all the, you know, line brawls and fights like that. But it's going to be awesome to watch just seeing these teams, knowing you're going to have to play these teams, you know, five or six more times after a big hit or something like that. And look at the Canadian teams. There's only seven teams in Canada. So, you know, you might have Edmonton and Calgary, arguably the biggest rivalry in the National Hockey League right now. I mean, those games are always electric as hell. They might, they're going to play 10 times. And on top of that, what I just mentioned is the way the playoffs are, they're keeping it in division as well. So the top four teams from each division in the regular season, the way they finish, will make the playoffs and represent each division. But up until the semifinals, which would normally be the conference finals, but there aren't really conferences this year because, you know, based on Canada, I mean, there's team Edmonton and Toronto are in the same division, so there's, there's no conference. But those games up until the semifinals are going to stay within your division. So say... The Capitals and the Flyers, like I mentioned, they play eight times, and then they play the first round of the playoffs. You know, they might go seven games, seven-game series. They're going to play 15 times this year. And, like, the Canadian teams they might play 17 times with, you know, playing each other 10 times each. So it's incredible. I think there's been some there's been some hate online. I mean, there's always hate online on everything because people just never know. They're never satisfied. They're all jabronis. They all just get online and figure out what can I get pissed off about today. And – if it's the difference between not having hockey or having hockey, I mean, they have to do it in the safest way possible. And I know Jonathan Taves, uh, the Blackhawks captain, um, he said a couple years ago, it might not even be a couple years ago, it might have been last year, he he mentioned that he thought the NHL should do this type of schedule anyways to limit travel. I mean, there's some teams in the Western Conference like Vancouver or like Nashville. Nashville plays in the Western Conference. So they've got to travel out to California a couple times. They've got to travel up to Minnesota, you know. So there's a lot of teams like the Eastern Conference. I think has a massive advantage because, you know, say the look at the Penguins. I mean, they the Islanders, the Rangers, the Devils, the Flyers, the Capitals, the Hurricane. I mean, mostly everybody in the same time zone. 
and not a very far flight or even a bus ride. Sometimes I know, or uh, maybe not bus ride, but they're not in the always hungry league. That's that's the the AHL bus rides, but the NHL. I think sometimes like just for you know shits and giggles, the Penguins will take a f- you know teams that will play. Uh, maybe they play New Jersey and they got to go play Capitals. They'll just take the train. You know, it's like a team bonding type thing. They'll rent the train and and go from there. But so I, I, Taves did mention that. And I, at the time, I thought it was like, wow, that's crazy. I don't think that'll ever happen. But I think we'll see what happens with this schedule. If it's a success, it could happen. It could limit massively limit travel costs for teams and owners, and uh, especially with the last year and a half, how much money the NHL has lost. I think even this year, you know, because there's not really going to be allowed to have any fans for most of the year in most buildings. I mean, these teams are going to lose you know millions of dollars. Um, so it should be interesting to see how this affects going forward, but I don't know. I, I, there's some awesome, there's some awesome milestones that might be hit this year. Like Sidney Crosby, um, he is about 37 points to 1300, which is crazy. And it just pisses me off at the same time because the concussions that he faced and he, and he suffered with uh, for about a year and a half, he missed almost two seasons. He's missed a lot of time. And he could have a lot more points. I mean, he'd be way up more on the on the career uh, statistics list. But on the other hand, you know, he's 33 now. Going to be 34 um, right after the season's over and before next season starts. But if you think about it, he's only had, you know, he's technically like 31, right? The way I look at it. <laughs> Maybe I'm just telling myself that. But in, in terms of playing years, because he's missed almost two full seasons. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. I think some people that think they're going to write the Penguins off, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, I would never bet against Malkin and Crosby. They're getting older, but they're actually right smack in the middle, I believe. They're 15th ranked in terms of age, average age in the NHL. Um, in comparison, you look at some of the teams that they say are the better teams this year, like the Washington Capitals and stuff, they're dead last. I mean, their average age is almost 30, whereas the Penguins is right around 26 because they only have four guys on the team. The Penguins only have four guys on the team that are over the age of 30, and that being Sidney Crosby, Malkin, um, Chris Letang and Colton CVR. Colton CVR, they just got in a trade from Florida this year. So he's more of a depth guy. I don't know if he'll even play every game. But if your oldest guys are your best players and then you can build some young guys around them, I think that's a recipe for success. And on top of that, uh, Crosby also has 16 games to 1,000 games. Patrick Kane, the best American-born player of all time for the Blackhawks. Uh, he's, he needs 11 goals for 400. That's pretty remarkable. And Alex Ovechkin, I mean, he's just tickling the twine like crazy, as he always does. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 40, maybe 35 this year in a 56-game schedule, and that's crazy. Um, he's on the hunt to track down the great one, uh, 899, 894 goals. Um, Ovechkin right now, I don't have his exact total, uh, but he's 26 away from being fifth all-time in goal scored, which is absurd for this era. So, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. There's still actually a lot of people out there, a lot of players out there that, um, you know, either were expecting to get a big contract and COVID hit. You feel bad for those guys. And then they were looking to cash in. Uh, you look at Mike Hoffman. You look at Taylor Hall even. Taylor Hall, I think, took a one-year deal in Buffalo. Um, you know, those guys are looking for their seven, eight-year deal. You know, their $10 million, $11 million a year they're looking for. I'm not sure if Mike Hoffman would get that, but he's probably looking at like six years, $6 million a year. But he's taking a professional tryout, a PTO with the St. Louis Blues, um, and hoping that he can have a breakout year, a great year, continue his career, and the next year when things kind of level out, get back to normal and revenues come back up, uh, he can cash in. So it, it's pretty crazy. Like It's interesting. I mean, like I said, Mike Hoffman, Sammy Votnin is not signed. He's a stud defenseman. Um, 
you know, some of these guys, it, it makes me feel old. I mean, you look at Craig Anderson, Carl Alsner, Justin Ablocator, Jimmy Howard, you know, those guys, Andy Green, I mean, these guys were studs and now they're, you know, on their, you know, on the back nine or if not, they're, you know, walking off the course of their career. So I can't wait, you know, if you can tell, if you can't tell, I should say, I'm pretty excited. Um, and then also right now too, like if, which is kind of holding me over a little bit before we get into these practices and these training camps, um, you know, exercises and everything they're doing is the world junior tournament and team USA all the way. They're looking good. They had one loss early on to Russia, um, which they just didn't play well, but Finland with the big upset over Sweden, I, I thought, I mean, they're, they're pretty close. Finland, Sweden, they're two great teams. Basically the top five teams in the tournament every year. And there's some other teams like Germany had a little bit of a run this year, but it's mainly Canada, Russia, United States, Finland, Sweden are the five teams usually that uh, have a chance to win it. And that's what makes the tournament so great. It's not the same team winning it every year. But this year, the Final Four, which the games start tomorrow, uh, Monday. Sorry, I don't know why I said tomorrow because this will be coming out the day that the games are. But it's the uh, United States is playing Finland, and then Canada is playing Russia. And that's going to be crazy. And those two teams will play each other for the World Junior Gold. Um, It's some awesome hockey. Like, these kids are hungry. They're representing their country. They're young. Some of them as young as 16. You know, some of those guys might make the National Hockey League. Some don't, uh, or some won't. But it's awesome to watch these young guys play. And, like, all they're playing for is their crest on their jersey, their country, their flag. It's a it's a treat to watch. And what's crazy is Canada. They lost their captain, Kirby Doc, who's actually a stud. He's already playing in the NHL uh, for the Blackhawks. Um, he had a great year last year, a great rookie year. He actually uh, hurt his wrist. I think he broke his wrist during a practice, so he missed the whole tournament. Um, but even with him missing, I mean, Canada has 19 other first-round picks on their team. Think about that. 19 first-round picks. Now, not every, like I said, not every first-round pick is going to pan out. There's plenty of first-round picks in all sports that you know turn out to not be as, as good. You know, Sometimes the game doesn't translate to the NHL or other sports. And I think the biggest factor is a lot of these guys, um, especially in hockey, a lot of these guys were all-stars their whole life, right? You know, you even look at some of the fourth line players and some of the players that only play six, seven minutes a night in the NHL, or maybe they get healthy scratched. Um, you know, they get health bombed maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 times a year. These guys were studs in juniors or they were studs in the minors. So a lot of times I think these top high end prospects, you know, they're used to playing power play. They're used to playing 25 minutes a night if you're a forward, which is a lot. But in juniors and in, you know, Bantam all the way up, midget all the way up to, you know, whenever they get to, to pro hockey, they're used to playing those minutes. They're used to being the best player on the team, the all-star, the captain, whatever it may be. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, talk much, a little puberty there. But whatever it may be, right? So, But whenever you get to the NHL, everybody's that level. And you could say this for every sport everybody's the best at what they do because that it's incredibly difficult to get to that level. But the best guys and the guys that are able to adapt and learn their role. And you, you know, you might, you might be a third line player, but you were, you know, you were the captain of your juniors team and you were scoring 140 points a year in juniors, you know, but you have to adjust, you have to adapt. You might come into the penguins and you're not going to play over. If you're a centerman, you're not going to play over Crosby. You're not going to play over Malkin. And why would you, why would you expect that? I'm not saying that you shouldn't be ambitious, but, 
you know, these guys need to just accept their role. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this how this World Juniors plays out and how uh, hopefully U.S. wins at the end of the day. Um, they've got a stud team. I mean, they're loaded. It's just remarkable to see how far Team USA has come. I mean, I was born in 1991. You know, I'm obviously too young to have witnessed the 1980 Olympics against the Russians. Uh, you know, I've had people tell me about it. I've watched lots of documentaries on it. Uh, obviously, the Miracle movie, which is fantastic. But it's hard to fathom, like, how far they've come. I mean, at that point, nobody in the world thought the United States could could compete with Canada and Russia. And I know it was amateurs at the time, right? Like, so it was amateur college players playing for the United States and, and mostly pro players playing for Russia, um, or at least suspected to be pros. And other countries as well probably were playing their pro hockey players. But for them to beat Russia in 1980 and then, you know, into the 90s, you had some great American-born players and Mike Madonna and Jeremy Roenick and, and, and Chris Chelios. I mean, there's so many more. Like, it's incredible to see how far they've come. I mean, now, I don't know what the exact number is, but you'd have to, and this would be a good thing to look up, I think, and, and maybe discuss on the next podcast, or if anybody that's listening knows, let me know um, and tweet it to us. But, at Ramblin' Brews, by the way, um, on Twitter. But, you know, tweeted to us to see how many American-born players there are in the United States compared to uh, Canadian players and Russian players and, uh, I guess, European players. I know that the number of USA-born uh, players has gone up and Canadian players has gone down, which is pretty crazy. Uh, still, Canada still has the most. And, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, USA's a stud team, like their Olympic team will be. But, I mean, Canada, they could like their B team, you know, they could – probably beat just about anybody uh, and give anybody a game. If you took out their, their best players <laughs> and, and, and their first cuts, they probably would, would still be a favorite to win the tournament. But I, yeah, I'm excited. So ne- whenever we record next, we'll know who has uh, won the World Juniors and we'll be well on our way to the National Hockey League season starting. And, you know, <laughs> as you may have uh, been able to take away from this podcast, you know, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Time for another one. And going forward to, like I mentioned in the intro, I'll be having some of my buddies on. It's going to be great. It's not going to be just me. Um, you know, I just this first episode, I kind of wanted to to establish the podcast, let you know what it's about, talk about you know what I'm looking forward to with hockey, and I've talked about it a couple times with some buddies. Um, and then probably a few months ago, we really started to get serious about it. I started to think about how you know how I could record it, and I, I was like, there's no way I'm dropping this podcast in 2020. I mean, 2020 was just a dog shit year. It was just brutal on all levels, and I don't think it could get any worse. And I don't want to say that lightly because I don't want to jinx us for 2021. But I figured, you know what? I'm going to wait till the new year starts. Fresh, you know, fresh start as cliche as it sounds. New year, new me, whatever uh, everybody says these days. But um, so you know, we're gonna we're gonna drop these podcasts. We're gonna have a great time. We're gonna have some guests. It's gonna be awesome. And I'm sure too. I'm sure too. As we go on and guests come on, I'm gonna get roasted for this. So if anybody that knows me, and you guys will come to find out, I've I have like a few of my favorite movies, and I basically I, there's probably a lot of people out there that are like me, and I hope there are. I hope to hear from them, but that just like what they like, and they don't really, you know, look for anything else. So you guys will probably be amazed that I've never seen any of the Batman movies. I, the only Superman movie, or sorry, Spider-Man movie I, I've seen, I don't even know which one it was, but Tobey Maguire. I just remember him hanging upside down and. and uh, 
whoever the actress was, it was a rocket. The redhead, she she kissed him upside down. That's the only thing I remember from the movie. Um, that's a little weird, but <laughs> but uh, I've never seen, like I said, I've never seen Batman. I've never seen any Star Wars. Like I just don't watch that shit. Like I I have nothing against it, but like I have a horrible imagination. Everybody's always told me that my whole life. I'm not interested in someone doing a backflip and turning it into a werewolf or whatever stupid movie that is. Twilight, I think. Like I'm not interested in things that couldn't happen in real life. And I know that probably makes me a little bit, um, you know, small-minded or whatever. However you want to put it. But I just like what I like. When I go to watch a movie, 99% of the time I want to laugh. I don't want to, you know be horrified i don't want to be pissed off none of that i when i'm watching a movie i want to laugh that's so i i mostly gear towards comedies and my wife and i watch a lot of stupid comedies and a lot of them you know it it just it just puts me in a better mood like i don't want to have to focus and sit there and you know sometimes there's tv shows or different movies um or tv series that i'm like yeah this is awesome i want to concentrate on it it's really good and those are the ones that are usually realistic so if you talk about like a tv series that I really liked, um, and that I really like, it's probably my favorite TV series of all time is Peaky Blinders, uh, or House of Cards. I mean, those, but those are realistic. Those things could happen and they more than likely did happen at some point. So call me, you know, an asshole, call me an idiot, whatever you want to call me. I just don't like those movies. I'm probably never going to like those movies, but I think an interesting segment, I've talked to some buddies about this and, um, you know, I think an interesting segment for this podcast will be to have people let me know, whether it be uh, buddies that are on, guests that are on, or people tweeting us, or people just letting me know uh, a movie that I should watch that's, you know, supposed to be a classic, whether it be, you know, it could be anything from Star Wars. I know that, you know, Star Wars is huge. Um, I just, I don't get it. But, you know, it could be Star Wars, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, you know, Hulk, any of those types of movies, um, even TV shows like I've never seen Game of Thrones, stuff like that. I just don't watch that stuff. But I think it'd be interesting if people let me know, hey, we want you to check this movie out, and then I'll give you my honest opinion on it, and I'm not going to do it for... um, I'm not going to do it to be devil's advocate or say, like, hey, this is horrible, and here's why, blah, blah, blah. I'll give you my honest. I'll go in objectively, and I'll go in with an open mind and and watch the movie. And maybe I'm wrong. Hey, I hope I'm proven wrong, because if I am, and I do like these types of movies, then I've got a whole hell of a lot of movies to catch up on and watch, because... All my buddies and you know family, friends, they've told me, hey, you're really missing out not watching these movies. And I'm like, yeah, I'm cool over here just watching YouTube videos and uh, watching Penguins highlights or watching Friday for the 965th time. Uh, rest in peace, Debo. That's sad, but rest in peace to Debo. But those are classic movies to me. They're hilarious. I want to laugh my ass off, you know? So, you know, I, I think that's, that's, that's going to be an interesting segment. I really do. What I really want to talk about and I know maybe not a lot of people like this, and it's crazy because <laughs> you're right. Nobody's ever watched, or there's never been less people watching professional wrestling ever in any time period as there are now. So, but I, what I wanted to talk about, it kind of relates to to football and, and pop culture and things going on, and podcasting for sure. Is Pat McAfee, this fucking guy? I mean, he's awesome. I mean, so I was at the game. I went to. Um, WVU, I'm a WVU grad, however, he graduated, actually he didn't graduate, but he left school uh, just prior to me being there, but I was actually, I believe, at his last game, it might have been his last game, but I know whenever uh, Pitt stopped West Virginia from making the championship game in 2007 on that 13-9, to um, massive upset, I mean, that place, that was one of the craziest places I've ever been to, 
because you could honestly, I know people say it, it's a cliche, but you could hear a pin drop in that place. I thought there was going to be a riot at some point, but it was just like people could not believe what just happened. And they lost the game. And Pat McAfee, I believe, missed two field goals in that game. And I believe still to this day gets some death threats, probably on Twitter. But at that time, I mean, he was getting, like, death threats. And he'll talk about it. You can see some of his podcasts. But this guy went from that to getting drafted in the NFL uh, to punt when he really didn't punt. He was a field goal kicker in college. And he rugby punted. But this guy's just a born winner. And it's awesome to watch. It. I don't know if it's more awesome or it's more, like, just – just crazy to watch him go in. So he's in, for those who don't know, he's in uh, WWE NXT, which is their uh, developmental. So they're guys that are potentially going to be on the main roster in the coming years. Uh, they go down there and they learn the WWE wrestling style. They learn how to work. They learn, you know, they get smartened up to the business, things like that. Um, because back, and we could probably dive into this in in future podcasts, and uh, but just from a high level, you know, Vince McMahon basically ran everybody out of business. So there used to be a territory system before there was a national wrestling, right? So WWF was more of the Northeast. Uh, they ran a couple towns here and there in other areas of the country, but mostly predominantly in the Northeast. And then, you know, you had your Mid-South wrestling, you had St. Louis wrestling, you had the NWA, it, you know, you had Charlotte uh, territories, things like that. You get the You get the gist, right? So that's where these guys would go, and they would actually work in front of live crowds, and they would have to get themselves over. Um, it was there was no internet at the time, you know. Not really, you know. There's no cell phones or anything, cr- anything close to what we have today. So like, so much so that guys could be, you know, working in Charlotte, and then they would move up and work, you know, work over in St. Louis or up in Minnesota or something or even Canada. And people had no idea who they are. They could be a massive star in Charlotte or massive star in Mid South Wrestling. And that's where these guys learned, right? But now. With WWE basically putting everybody out of business outside of, you know, a couple other low-level uh, startups or just other people that try to compete with them when you really can't. I mean, the, the money is just, you can't compete with Vince McMahon's money um, and his footprint. But that's where those guys would go and they would learn um, in those territories. But now since they don't have it, it's just NXT, right? So they have NXT, which is where they sign these independent wrestlers or they sign... Um, ex-football stars or Canadian star uh, football stars, things like that. Um, and even from the, from the, you know, women's wrestling, which has evolved immensely, you know, they, they'll get um, athletes, could be anything from volleyball players or uh, cheerleaders, things like that. So they go there and they're basically taught one style. So what, to make my point in full circle with what I was saying before, these people that were in territories, they had to develop their own style, and then they eventually got to the big leagues. They eventually potentially got to WWF at the time or WCW, whatever it is. The big the big companies in the 90s and even the 80s, they already had a style, or they already had worked multiple styles with multiple people for multiple promoters, so they were able to adjust. But now, they only learn one style. These wrestlers only learn one style. So it's, it's refreshing to watch McAfee go in there because these guys that are currently on there, while they're very talented, they're just like robots because they're going out there. They were setting lines that were written to them by Hollywood writers that don't have a damn clue about wrestling. But McAfee's McAfee. So WWE really can't. They're using him to get a bigger audience. I mean, you see how they debuted him basically to be a you know a main star on the show um, by having Adam Cole go on his go on Pat McAfee's radio show. I mean, his it wasn't serious at the time, but it's serious XM now. 
But, I mean, he's got a massive audience. Everybody knows who Pat McAfee is. So they're trying to get his fan base to get more interested in wrestling. But he's McAfee, so he does not have to, you know, adhere to what they want. So he basically, they just let him go. He has no um, restraints or anything on what he can say. I mean, I'm sure he's got some talking points, things he's got to get over, um, and things he's got to say in his promos to sell the match, right? But it's just refreshing to watch him go out there because you can actually believe everything he's saying. Everything he says he believes. And while it's it's always built up a little bit to try to sell the match, that's promo. I mean, that happens. People uh, scoff at pro wrestling, which I understand because nowadays pro wrestling is, <laughs> as I just mentioned, it's it's all one style and it's not very good. So that's why McAfee's refreshing. But he goes in there and it's funny because some of these guys, they, they just don't know what to do with him. Like McAfee, he's not even a wrestler. He has very limited training. A lot of skill, a lot of ambition. I mean, he's been able to accomplish basically everything he's ever set out for. But he goes in there and he and he dummies these guys. I mean, he absolutely buries them. And they've been wrestling for, some of them have been wrestling for 10, 15 years. They've been doing promo class, all that kind of stuff. And he goes out there and he just speaks from the heart and he gets his talking points over and he uses his catchphrases and things like that. And it's crazy. Like, he's honestly probably the biggest star in that brand for sure, but he might be close to the biggest, biggest mainstream star in the entire business, at least in the United States. So it's pretty remarkable. I mean, you look back at guys like the rock, you look at stone cold, Steve Austin, those guys from the era that I grew up in incredible era, by the way, I'm so glad I didn't watch WCW really that much when I was that little. I mean, they had, they had their little run, but I couldn't imagine like missing out on live stone cold, Steve Austin. You see a lot of people now are kind of just, He's he's sticking around because he still relates to everybody. He's still the fucking man. He's awesome. Like he'd be one guy I love to crush a cold Coors Light with. Speaking of Coors Light, but he'd be an awesome guy to hang out with. I mean, he he's basically the same guy you see on TVs in person. Maybe just dialed it back a little bit for everyday life. But those guys. Again, at that time, there were other options. Like I mentioned, there was WCW. There was plenty of other promotions they could go to. Maybe not as many as in the 80s and the early 90s with territories. but So those guys had to go out on a limb. They had to go out and prove why they belonged, why they should be the star, why they should be the champion. Those, those guys all wanted to be there to be champion. They didn't care about social media followings. They didn't care about any of that stuff. And that's what you see today, I think. And I don't want to sound like I'm knocking because now I'm gonna date myself. It makes me feel like it makes me look like I'm some dinosaur. That you know, I'm only 30 years old, but it makes me seem like some dinosaur. I think these guys should promo themselves. It grows the business, but I understand why it's very difficult for people to buy into wrestling storylines. I know everybody in the world now knows that wrestling is a work. It always has been. I don't think anybody's ever really believed that. Maybe going back to like the 30s or 40s, some people did. But it's not about that. It's about, yeah, you know it's predetermined who's going to win, who's going to lose. But it's about the storyline. It's about getting you involved. I mean, it's the same thing as people watch movies. They know the good guy's always going to win. When's the last time you've seen a movie where the bad guy wins, the heel wins, and the good guy's either dead or whatever? That never happens. So everybody watches movies. They pay their $13 or whatever it costs uh, to go to a movie, and they know the ending. They just don't know how you're going to get to the ending. So that's the whole point with same with wrestling is what it's supposed to be. But now you see guys that are like, you know, I'm going to kick your butt. I'm going to beat your butt. Like they can't say anything, you know, even close to, you know, even TV 14 rating or something, just a little bit. It's all PG. But then you see these guys, they hate each other, but then you see them on social media. Like, so you see two guys, 
you know, they're supposed to be hating each other, right? They're talking all this shit to each other in wrestling um, promos. You know, some of them get a little bit edgy, some don't, but most of them are, are just pretty, uh, pretty PG. But then you see them on social media and they're on Twitch or whatever. They're playing video games. They're laughing. They're not even in character. They're using their real name. I mean, who the fuck is going to buy into that? Like, how am I going to think, you know, so-and-so wants to kick so-and-so's ass and I should tune in and waste four hours of my time watching this pay-per-view or if anybody's still buying pay-per-views, I have no idea why. But you could, you know, should I buy this pay-per-view? Should I watch this match? When, like, it doesn't even matter. I know it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but these guys, they're supposed to be hating each other. And that's the story. And then outside, like, on outside of wrestling, on social media and stuff, they're talking about, hey, yeah, oh, we're playing video games, blah, blah, blah. That's it. That's the thing. And that's why McAfee, even McAfee, the little things. McAfee, he got his ass kicked in the War Games match a couple weeks ago um, on NXT pay-per-view. And he shows up the next day for his radio show, which is on YouTube, so you can see him. And he's wearing a neck brace. Even little things like that, just selling the the legitimacy of the business um, and trying to at least try. I mean, just trying to sell the storyline. So that's what's refreshing to me. I think it's awesome what McAfee's done. He's the pride of Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> maybe one day we'll get McAfee on the Ramblin' Brews podcast. What do you think, huh? Who knows? You never know. You never know. But with that being said, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a great episode one. We're going to continue to grow. We're going to have some buddies come in. Um, we're going to have some family, some friends on. You know, We're going to talk about a variety of topics. Uh, next episode we'll cover the the NFL playoff picture will be um, solidified. And we'll see you know who the who the teams are that are going to play, I guess, in the playoffs. It's, it's interesting this year with it being the seventh team gets in with that extra wild card spot. So we'll preview those matchups. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned, the NHL season will be kicking off shortly thereafter. So we're looking forward to hitting 2021, hitting the ground running, and, and starting off with a bang here. So may your Coors Light stay cold. May you have a great day, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. 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 Rap Diablo. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Rap Diablo. Macho when I drop flows, the bar gets raised up, it's me and Petey Pablo Colder than gazpacho, colder than the mono Rapping head honcho, rocking shows like I was Bono I go, play a couple keys on the piano The industry a lie, all the promises were hollow Follow me, I can show you where we bees at How'd I get my G-Pass, none of your fucking beeswax These raps, bring a joint together like a kneecap Fuck the little eight balls, show me where the keys at Time continuum, Mortal Kombat finish em. Trying to find a balance, reaching for my equilibrium. Fools, I pity em. I'm not a human, I'm amphibian. Fake superhero like the mystery man. I ain't saving nothing. I'm getting faded till the angels come and skipping all the famous functions. How do the famous function? The A-list can't be trusted. I strong arm them like I play the trumpet. The bottom barrel of society. I tell my bitch if she don't love me, then just lie to me. I'm finer than the winery. Take it from the rich, this is piracy Finally, I don't even need my fucking eyes to see Come and die with me Cause everybody got dead homies Said everybody got dead homies Yeah, said everybody got dead homies Said everybody got their homies Yeah
Um, okay, my mind is Yoda, I'm on Ayatollah These other rappers just a diet soda I find Jehovah in the darkest places Empty as apartment basements This a marathon, gentlemen, go ahead and start the races Save the coffin spaces Come up missing, tell your bitch that you've been tripping. Now you on vacation, rapping like it's automated. Lights, I keep them on like Vegas. Lava making so hot, I'm turning hog to bacon. Only God can save them. I heard the monsters made them. I ain't a star, I'm way farther with the constellations. Contemplating suicide like it's a DVD. Lost inside my mind, it's a prison, homie. Leave me be. You can see me bleed. I be with the freaks and geeks. Bitch, I never miss a beat. I'm Charlie Conway, Triple D. Gordon Bombay in these streets. Balling like I'm pistol. Be, been a beast, every word I spit rewriting history Look at what you did to me, look at what you did to me Run into the underworld with guns and set the sinners free No bitches in my circle, I'ma show you the commercial I've been popping like a colonel, reading Justin Bieber's journal Treat you like a urinal, 